in order to have a bright, a vibrant and beautiful midlife, you want to make sure that you're doing the things that you can every day to minimize the impact of stress on your body, even if you think you're handling it. <laughs> Welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, a podcast that talks about topics for women over 40. You know, that time of your life that many call midlife. That time of life when you can really vibe, be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. Join me, Linus Woods Mullins, certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, as I talk about a variety of topics that address the wellness of the mind, body and spirit for women over 40 remember midlife doesn't mean no life midlife is an opportunity to increase your self-love your self-care and your self-worth it's your time to be vibrant intuitive beautiful and emerged it's your time to vibe so come on let's vibe Hello and welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, where we get a chance to get together and talk about things that are going to help you to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged. My name is Linus Woods Mullins, and I am a holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, and I specialize in helping women to be well in their mind, body, and spirit. And lately, given the current environment that we've all been living in, sometimes that can be a real challenge. And today I have a podcast planned for you that's going to be addressing how and ways to stay connected with your mind, body, and spirit. I have a wonderful guest that's going to be talking about things in particular that you can do with your body to help you maintain that connection. And I'm going to be sharing some other things that you could think about when it comes to maintaining that mind-body-spirit connection. First of all, why do you think that's important? It's I'll tell you why it's important. Because we are not all mind, we're not all body, and we're not all spirit. We're a combination of those things. And I have learned over the last 14, almost 14 years of working with so many women that if anything is off in that mind-body-spirit continuum, then something's not quite right. And the goal, the quest, when it comes to our own self-care, especially as midlifers, is to do everything that we can to maintain that mind-body-spirit connection. For instance, if you're having headaches, if you're feeling sleepless, if you're not moving and working out, if you're indulging in emotional eating or overeating, those are all signs that something is out of whack. So how can you begin to bring that back into alignment? What kinds of things can you do? Well, first of all, many of those things that I just mentioned could be the body's way or the mind's way or the spirit's way of letting you know that maybe there's just too much stress going on and you need to maybe take some steps to lessen that so that it does not impact your body, your mind, and your spirit. And, you know, I was just today having a conversation with someone and they were saying, well, you know, I can handle my stress. That's not my problem. And then she went on to talk about all the different things that were going on with her body. She's autoimmune compromised. And while I do not think that the stress is direct correlation of her autoimmune compromise, I do strongly believe that even when we think we are handling the stress, many times the stress that we think we're handling is actually being handled by our body. 
And if we take time to listen, really listen to our body, we'll see some signs of things that aren't quite right. That's letting us know that our body, our mind, and our spirit is trying, screaming in its own way to let us know that I need a break. I need some time for you to kind of like calm down a minute so that I can reset myself and keep you from getting sick. So all those times that you're thinking, oh, I'm handling this stress, is absolutely fine. If you feel, feel the need to say you're handling stress, more than likely, there's something going on in the background that you may not be acknowledging because stress, any kind of stress is not good for the body. And I know that everybody says, well, let's face it, we're going to have stress. And I'm not saying that in order to have a healthy life, you can have no stress. But I am saying, especially in midlife, in order to have a bright, a vibrant and beautiful midlife, you want to make sure that you're doing the things that you can every day to minimize the impact of stress on your body, even if you think you're handling it. <laughs> so I got a couple of suggestions that you might want to uh, take a look at, that you might want to try doing. Some of them are obvious, but maybe not, or maybe you haven't done them in a long time. Like for instance, start journaling your emotions. A lot of times we have a tendency to push back our emotions and not recognize how we're really feeling. Maybe it's not appropriate, you know, to go right out and tell a person, hey, you know what? You suck. <laughs> or you know what? You really pissed me off when you said those things or when you did those things. Instead of swallowing it and saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. But just realize that what you're swallowing, what you're not recognizing is setting somewhere in your body. It's setting somewhere in on the cellular level. And the only way that you can begin to get that out and eradicate it is to first recognize that it exists instead of denying that you're feeling some kind of way. So go ahead and journal your emotions. Another thing you might want to do, which kind of seems silly, but it works, is make sure you incorporate laughter in your life every day. Laughter is truly the best medicine. Watch a comedy, a comedy or maybe there's a fun movie uh, or maybe you might want to watch a stand-up com comedy online. Whatever it is, make sure that you're incorporating laughter, not just humor, but real belly laughter. It's good for your happy hormones. It's good to activate those hormones. It's healing. It reduces your stress. Another thing that kind of sounds uh, interesting, and I do it all the time, but I didn't really relate it to this, and that's feng shui. Feng shui, uh, your home is basically cleaning out your closets, getting your desk in your home office organized or the desk in your office, basically kind of clearing that energy space. It makes such a huge difference. I know that when I find that I am not focusing or not getting things done the way I would like to, it's probably time for me to stop and clear the surface in my home office, maybe redo some shelves or remove some books and put them up again or whatever. In fact, as I'm looking at my desk, I'm feeling the need to do that right now, but I won't, but I'm going to later <laughs> because it really does work. It helps me to focus. It kind of gives me a, a moment and it helps me to basically feel uh, better about whatever uh, job I'm getting ready to tackle or whatever um, task that I'm getting ready to do. Another thing that you might want to do is to treat yourself to a home spa day. I know that right now, it may not always be convenient or safe 
for you to go out to your local spa and do your mani-pedi or whatever. Um, some people don't feel very comfortable doing that. Some don't. And that's okay. Depending on where you are in the midst of this pandemic, that's okay. Uh, if you want to do that at home, go ahead and Google how to do a, you know, mani-pedi at home and then go out and get the equipment or maybe you have it at home and do that for yourself. It's not only just a form of self-love, but it's a form of reducing stress because you're paying attention to your body. You're paying attention to yourself. Your body needs you to do that. So make sure you set aside time and check that out and try doing a home spa day. Another thing you might want to consider doing is make some plans to do something special. Um, You know, maybe you can't do it right now, but plan it, even if it means three months from now or, or something like that. The idea of planning special activities where you know you're going to be taking a vacay or you're going to, um, you know, uh, have an extended weekend or whatever it is, start planning it, you know, researching it, looking at pictures of where you want to go, writing about it in your journal, talking to your friends about it, basically letting your body know, your mind and your spirit know, I'm getting ready to take care of you. I'm getting ready to start, you know, planning this great vacation or planning this extended vacation or extended weekend or whatever. Just the idea of your mind that you're getting ready to plan those things can be very comforting and healing to your spirit. Another thing you want to do is maybe try some new stuff. Try something new to kind of occupy your mind and give you a ah, moment, like maybe trying a new recipe. That's always fun. Or maybe trying something new, a new hobby. I have found that adult coloring brings me a lot of joy. Maybe you want to try something like that. Whatever it is, try something new that takes you outside of yourself in terms of how you're feeling and gets you thinking about something else. And many times when you're focusing on something else, something new, it kind of gives you a new lease on life and your mind and your body kind of revert back to something that feels like it's being nurtured. Another thing is, you know, take some extra time with your family, with your friends, whether you see them in person or not, or if it's a Zoom call, I know all of us are sick and tired of Zoom. You can probably now, you know, safely go and visit your loved ones. But now is the time, unlike any other time in midlife, to make plans to do that because it is comforting to see your loved ones. It's affirming to spend time with your loved ones. All of these things can help you when it comes to maintaining that mind, body, of spirit connection, especially during these times of the pandemic. I hope some of these tips have helped you. Just remember that it is important. You never want to put yourself on the back burner. You really don't. Because before you know it, take it from me because I've been there. Next thing you know, you reach back there for the back burner and there's nothing there. <laughs> you can't, you're so far back on your list that you don't know how to bring it to the forefront. And that does seem kind of crazy, but that's what happens to us, especially at midlife. We get so used to putting our needs off and say, well, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. When we finally get the chance or decide we're going to do it, it's kind of like, okay, where do I start? It's almost overwhelming and you find yourself not doing it anyway. So some of the things I mentioned, figure out which ones work for you and make them a regular part of your practice. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about something else that you can do to help maintain that mind-body-spirit connection. As I said before, probably one of the most important things that we can do is to try to stay connected to our mind, our body, and our spirit. And I really don't know any modality that does that better than yoga. 
because yoga incorporates the movement of the body and it also incorporates the idea of working in concert with your mind and also with your spirit as well. Yoga has been known to be one of the mainstays when it comes to stress reduction, anxiety reduction, also when it comes to balancing hormones. I think that yoga is probably one of the best things that a midlife woman can do for herself. And I have with us a yoga expert, Denise Perry. Denise Perry has uh, been practicing yoga for many years. She started her yoga journey as a way to exercise. And before she knew it, she was coming to her mat and after a while began to put more time for herself. And even though there's been times over the years that she did not practice the different poses, Denise always practices yoga through meditation and through breath work. It's a spiritual experience for her. And I would love for her to share with you uh, her philosophy of yoga and something about her center and the kind of services that she provides for people who want to get involved in doing yoga. Denise, thank you so much for coming and being on the Vibe Living Podcast series. It's wonderful to have you here. Hello, Lennis. It's great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about you and how you came uh, to really get involved with the whole idea of yoga as a practice. Well, when I think about my yoga journey, I kind of think about it in three different parts. i first started in high school and I didn't even realize I was practicing yoga. I was like, I was, had a lot of anxiety in high school and even younger. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading or hearing something on TV about breath work. That If you were to just take a few minutes to be able to breathe and to be able to center, that would help you be able to face the, the situations that you were going into. So I started each morning after I got ready, I would sit at my vanity and I would just close my eyes and I would sit there and breathe for a couple of minutes, Mm -hmm. just doing a natural inhale and exhale, um, thinking to myself. And what I found is that it really did help get me a little more grounded and prepared for my day. And it worked so well that I started doing my breathing practice at night because I also had some insomnia. I was like, my mom would tell you that she would be frustrated. I'd stay up until two, three o'clock in the morning. So I started a breathing practice at night. So instead of getting maybe three hours of sleep, I would then get about five or six hours of sleep. So that's kind of like my first journey into yoga without even realizing I was practicing it, just being able to get in touch with my breath and connecting with myself. That's interesting because so many people do not understand how important the breath is and in terms of being in, con- in connection with your body. But how does yoga help you to connect with the energy in your body? Well, when I started my physical practice of yoga, um, what I found is that it helped me become more aware of what I was capable of. Um, I was a little bit more mindful into the movements. And as I became more aware, I then noticed how my energy was flowing in my body and where my energy was actually starting to sit. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started digging into chakra work and understanding how these energies can be able to help you find balance in your day and help to propel you. Why is it that certain poses seem to be so impactful? What is it about holding these poses that seems to help people when it comes to uh, raising their vibration or dealing with anxiety or stress? 
Well, when you're going into these poses, um, the poses have been around for hundreds of years mm -hmm. and they're about being able to build that awareness. And when you go into yoga philosophy, the postures is that first step of awareness. It, you're keeping your mind focused on what you're doing and you're doing it in a deliberate manner. And I think that's the what I can be able to take off of my mat is that mindfulness and that deliberateness and that awareness. Once you start going into the poses, you understand what is, how the movements are working in your body, mm -hmm. where your energy is sitting. Then you can be able to take it a step deeper because then you're familiar with what you're doing. You're creating that muscle memory, so to speak, mm -hmm. and it can become almost like an automatic process so that your mind can be able to go somewhere else. So I know what my body is doing. Now my mind can be able to focus on my breath. Now my mind can be able to focus on where my energy is sitting and be able to take that deeper connection with yourself. Now, you mentioned, you have a quote here where you said that yoga is an exploration of self by the self into the self. Where does the whole exploration piece take place? Well, the exploration takes place in a lot of different ways. It starts with the body, being able to explore the movement. So when we're going, when we're going through our practice, we're the, we're the ones who are actually doing the practice. Nobody is doing it for us. We have to be able to explore how the movement works in our bodies. We have to explore how our body is put together. We have to explore how the breath is affecting our body. So there's the exploration of the self and we're doing it by the self and then we're doing it through the self. So through every part of our bodies. Um, yoga philosophy teaches us that um, we're made up of multiple sheaths which is your physical sheath, your mental sheath, your emotional sheath. Then you go into your spiritual and your astral sheaths. So as you're diving in deeper into your practice, you're starting to learn more about yourself, learning more about your foundations, learning where your thoughts are coming from, where those movements are coming from. So it's a deeper sense of knowing. Almost like peeling back the layers. Yes. And figuring out what each layer means for you and, and where you are in each layer. Now, I know that you are well-trained in various kinds of yoga, but explain to us what it, what gentle flow yoga is uh, and what restorative yoga is and what yin is and yoga nidra. What, what, what are those different kinds of yogas and what are the benefits? Absolutely. So I was trained, um, one of my teachers um, was an Ashtanga teacher. So I was trained in vinyasa, which is movement of the breath by the breath. So we would do like one breath, one movement. And with gentle flow, we're still moving with the breath, but we may move into, say, a low lunge. And then we're going to pause there and just explore how that lunge feels it with us in that day and then take another breath and go into the next movement yeah, instead of automatically going mm -hmm. with restorative yoga. One thing I love about restorative is it is a meditative type of practice in our body. Um, we were made up of two types of nervous systems. You got the parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is the part of our mind, which is the active part that keeps us going throughout the day. All of our thoughts are going. I think of it as the masculine part of our body. 
The parasympathetic system is the feminine part of the body which helps us restore. It creates cell rejuvenation. It allows us to be able to rest and to become um, more connected with ourselves. It usually takes on average about 12 to 15 minutes for our mind to calm down enough for the parasympathetic system to kick into play. So with restorative, we're going into a pose and we may hold it for about 15 to 20 minutes to give our mind a chance to be able to settle and allow the sympathetic system to come online and to be able to start the internal healing that our body needs from a physical standpoint. On a mental standpoint, that's typically when we're going into our meditation. So maybe we're doing a little bit of breath work. Maybe it's a guided visual meditation to help calm the mind and to be able to help to relax. So in restorative yoga, you're not going to necessarily hold, let's say, um, a lunch pose for 20 minutes. Oh, no. Restorative yoga is typically always done on the floor, and we typically use any type of props to be able to support the body because we want the body to completely relax. If our muscles are active, Mm -hmm. that's a key to our um, sympathetic system to actually stay online. I was like, we're active. We're trying to be able to do something. I need to stay focused in this moment. Okay. Okay. So that's Okay. I think that sometimes people have a misunderstanding about restorative yoga, that it has something to do with um, holding the poses that when you're not low on the ground, but thank you for clearing that up. Now, the other, there are two other kinds of yogas that I have mentioned as well. Could you talk about those? Absolutely. So yin yoga, it is similar to restorative in the fact that it is a meditative practice. Mm -hmm. We're still doing it on the floor. We can also do it with the support of props but it is also more of a deeper stretch. So we may go into a pose for anywhere three to five minutes, Mm -hmm. and we typically go about 50 to 70% of our range of motion. We want to be able to get a little bit of sensation while still relaxing our active muscles. And then physically what it does is it strengthens our connective tissue, our ligaments, our tendons, and our bones. Helps with flexibility and joint mobility. So it's kind of like a balance to your active flow class. Okay. And then, and then of course, because it's a meditative practice, you're able to be able to relax the mind as well. Not as much as with restorative, but you're still getting there. Now, tell me, what, what impact does yoga have when it comes to lowering cortisol? You hear a lot about that, but is that really true? And if so, how does that work? So it definitely works. Cortisol levels... Um, That is regulated a lot by your heart. Um, So when we're calming our mind and we're calming the um, the sympathetic nervous system, we're able to start regulating our hormones. Mm -hmm. I think of the breath as like the ultimate connector of the body, mind, and spirit. That affects everything that we do. So if we're focused on our breath and we're mindful about our breath, along with specific movements, we can be able to lower these hormone levels to be able to generate better heart health. Okay. And also, now I know that you um, help people with yoga virtually. How does that work? What kind of services do you provide virtually? So I do a couple of different things virtually. I was like, first, we have our studio classes, which are currently being streamed through Zoom, and they're live where students can be able to check in with us, and we check in with our students through our classes. I also have our virtual library for those who 
um, may not be able to join with us live, but they still want to be able to practice on their own time. So they can be able to access pre-recorded classes as well as practices that I generate directly for that library. And they may be like 15 to 30 minute classes to be able to start their day or end their day. And then for those who want those personal touch, I also offer private um, virtual classes as well. So we can be able to customize a practice that works for you. Now, do your yoga classes also include um, information or, or training on meditation? Yes. So I do have um, specific meditative circles three times a week. So that way we can be able to meditate, work on our breath, calm the mind. And then with each of our classes, we have varying levels of meditation. So our active classes, we may do anywhere from two to five minutes of meditation before and after the class. And then, of course, with our restorative and yin, those are naturally meditative practices where I'll do a guided meditation that will go throughout the practice. Now, I know that I've I told all my guests to share with us kind of what their vibe philosophy is, but I'm really curious, what is your vibe philosophy? How do you stay vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged? What is it that you do? Well, I do a couple of different things. I have some teachers that I always reach out to to help keep me grounded. So I like to be guided as well to be, I want to be in the place of the students. And then I do things with my family, my student, my nieces, they always make me laugh. I was like, I was in there, my, one of my nieces, she did her first cheerleading practice over the weekend. So it's like being able to reach out and do things with her. And then um, I learned from my students, they motivate me. They're the reason why I do what, what I do. I consider my, I learn from them probably as much as what they learned from me. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I have one last question. Um, how are you embracing midlife? How are you allowing yourself to kind of integrate with the whole midlife journey? Part of me is I'm embracing it, but part of me is going, really, am I there? I, I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> um, I think back to where I was 20 years ago. I was like 20 years ago, I was always on the go and trying to be able to reach the next level, trying to be able to reach the next goal, whether it was at work, whether it was personally. And I think now um, the biggest change now is that I appreciate the little things. I think it's like those are the things that kind of weave things, weave life together for me. I was like, I have my gratitude jar that I keep both here at home and then also one at the studio to be able to think of at least one or two things every day that I can be able to write down and go back to. And then at the new year, I will go open up my jar for the previous year to be able to see what were the things that actually made me happy each day. I love that idea. I love the, um, I had a gratitude jar one, one year and I loved it. I really look forward towards the end of the year being able to read all the things. It's amazing how many things you forget. And um, the fact also that other than maybe writing something down about what happened, I wouldn't do any celebration at all. I'll just kind of take it for granted, you know, but I'm learning to celebrate the small wins as well as the large wins. There's something that's really life affirming when you do that. Uh, and it definitely um, has you working more on having that relationship with yourself and not necessarily having to look for 
um, you know, some kind of platitudes or uh, some kind of outward gratification. It's all inward. So I just love the idea of that gratitude jar. It's been wonderful chatting with you and you're so knowledgeable about yoga and, and how to move. For people who want to find out more about your virtual classes, wh- where do they go? What do they do? Absolutely. Well, they can go to my website, which is chesapeakeyoganook.com. They can also check me out on Instagram at Yoga Nook, and there's a contact me there. You'll be able to check out some of the reels and the IGTVs that I've done as well. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you, and it's been wonderful chatting with all of you when it comes to talking about uh, yoga and the breath and meditation and how important they are and how they all kind of work together. As I said earlier in the uh, other segments, it's so important for you to establish that mind-body-spirit connection relationship with yourself. And no matter how you choose to do it, whether it's through yoga or meditation or essential oils or EFT or whatever, the most important thing is that you do it. Because one of the best ways to be more vibrant, more intuitive, more beautiful, and more immersed is to spend that quality time with yourself, getting to know you and the wonderful person you've become as you continue to go down that midlife journey. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more about me and what I do, just click on the links there uh, on the show page or uh, go to my link tree and follow me on Instagram as well, because if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be finding out when all my other rooms are on Clubhouse, or you can actually join my women's group on Facebook, the Vibe Living Women 40 Plus group. And there we have over 96 women who have come together from all over the world to share tips, tools, and techniques that they use to vibe. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. Please feel free to download, rate, share, and like the show. To find out more about living a vibe life, go to my website at wellnesswoman40.com or email me at vibelivingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day, and don't forget to vibe.